0: True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Come to Hollywood with the hopes of rising to fame, but it's not always sunshine and rainbows here, my friends. All right, shit, man. <clears throat> Welcome back, guys. Season fucking two. Season two. Oh.
1: Guess who's back? Back again. Daisy is Z back. <laughs> friend. Jesus is back today. It's <laughs> Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Has risen. It's also April Fool's Day. It's all, also April Fool's. Just, Just kidding. kidding. We're not doing an episode. Bye. So <laughs> this is a very interesting comeback.
0: Or It's not what we expected. Comeback recording.
1: Eileen is nope. deathly ill. Kyle is about ready to go on a great Disney vacation. So she was like, don't you dare fucking come to my house and mm-hmm. infect me. Mm-hmm. So Eileen is comfortably in bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. How did that work
0: out?
2: Fucking <laughs> so comfortable by the way. But I think it, um, I'm I deserve it because I always have to sit in the most uncomfortable chair <laughs> when we record a Kyle. I House. just want to
0: correct you that last time you got the couch. Did you, oh that's right. Because my dumbass so forgot there. my microphone. Oh, this is true. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, that's one recording out of how many.
1: Um that's Mil- not what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> we're talking about the last one. That's neither here nor there. <clears throat>
1: um. So welcome back, everybody. Yeah. We took like a month off. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> we have, I think, a super cool fucking season. I like it. Ahead. I I'm like really it. excited. And that's all that matters, so. Yeah, and I think it was cool because it just like we came up with the the episodes like so fucking fast, mm-hmm. and it was well, just, we had a like,
0: backlog from season one. That's true, and we still have extra ones that we're
1: mm-hmm. putting off for season three. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's gonna be fun. We yeah. still don't have our shit together, so don't think. Otherwise. Well,
0: no, because the moment okay, we were like, yeah, we have our shit together, and now we have to learn a freaking new system because this bitch gets <laughs> sick. So, what? Still, yeah, it, t- it only took us like an hour, though. Yeah. Which, which isn't is bad. Good. And it was just because we were
1: trying to get everything in, in tune.
0: Yeah. And it's still, it, sorry if it sounds a little weird, we're we're using Zencaster, which is awesome because we can actually still do it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but. And hopefully this is the only one, but
1: from the trial, like, test that we did, it sounds good. hmm So we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Eileen, yeah. are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, <laughs> just making sure you didn't fall asleep. That's all. We're just going to check in the right now and then.
2: Close. I know, I'm like looking at the difference between my line and your guys' line. And mine's just like a straight line all the way through and you guys look, all up yeah. and down.
0: Yeah, that's I what know. I look at every time we <laughs> record. <laughs> mine's always just, just like a <laughs> flat line. Yeah, Janine's and I, Janine, Janine's and I... Janine's what? and eyes. Janine's and eyes is always like boop 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 boop, and yours is just like. <laughs> <laughs> you a dead girl. That's all right that's though. True. That that's what it's all about. Is this the first yeah. one that's going on?
1: The first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god! How exciting! This is going to
0: be a good one. Oh mm. my god. <laughs> And so how have you guys been? What have you guys been up to? We've been hanging out all month. I know. <laughs> I just realized that last night. Um Yeah, I caught her talking shit on me. It's been weird not
1: writing anything, not mm-hmm. recording, mm-hmm. only doing like social media
0: stuff. Yeah. That's been kind but of strange. our aesthetic though. Oh, God. You guys. Let's just talk Our about Our Instagram this fucking season. We're
1: professional. Oh my, I mean, in, we're not even posting ourselves, and we're still going to be like Instagram models. Yeah. Like everybody's going to want to oh, be for sure. just like us. Yeah. Amazing ideas. We went shopping for a bunch of cool
0: stuff. We have. Hmm. Uh, Photo We're shoot. doing a photo shoot later today. We are doing a photo shoot later today. Which is amazing because it's not with our faces. Oh, it's going to be the, <laughs> the best. best. kind of photo shoot. I know. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm home for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to bring your stuff next time, Eileen, so we can do your stuff.
0: Yeah. What stuff? Your photo shoot. The stuff you got in orange. I gave it to Wait, you. Wait, no, I have it. Yeah. That's what I thought, yes.
1: motherfuckers. Lose responsibility again. And <laughs> she said that too. She's like,
0: I'm gonna give this to you. <laughs> so I don't want to do anything.
1: No, but really, our Instagram photos are gonna be so rad. Mm-hmm. So
0: right. what are we talking about today?
1: Eileen, what are we doing today? What episode is
0: this? <laughs> what I what itinerary did you did you put together for today?
2: <laughs> oh my god, you're fucked up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we talking about hollywood and not my dog um so yeah so hollywood yeah so that, that that was the only parameter we
1: had was hollywood and we can do whatever the fuck we wanted if it's somehow correlated to hollywood so it's pretty empty you still mm-hmm. had some guidelines mm-hmm. who's going first
0: Uh we should have decided this before <laughs> I think Eileen should go first because she's not here. She decided no, she decided okay. to get herself sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you wanna go first or middle yeah, or last, Eileen? Um I'll do middle. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. You guys ready
0: for this one, pool? I don't know, are we? <laughs> I don't even remember what you're doing. Because you
1: don't know what I'm doing. I don't, do I? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so story time. I, so I couldn't find anything like really interesting by a woman, like a Hollywood woman murder. And so I was like, oh, well, let me do like a movie. So then I thought I'm going to do the Hills Have Eyes. I'm going to do the true story behind the Hills Have Eyes. And I typed out like half of it. Terrifying. And then I was like, no, I don't want to do this. (laughs) So I changed my story (laughs) and... Um, let me just start. (laughs) Let
2: me just start, um, and then you guys will know.
1: Okay, Okay,
2: are you ready? I I guess so. In West Philadelphia,
1: born and raised. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) On October thirty first, nineteen seventy. Good day. Lorena Leonor Gallo
0: was born (laughs) in Bouquet. Is this a telenovela?
1: (laughs) it, It. it could be and uh, she was born in bouquet ecuador when she was a teenager i couldn't find too much on her early life so when she became, when she was a teenager she came to the united states and visited virginia uh, for whatever reason i think it was <laughs> like, that's true
0: no offense to virginia but that's a little random I for me i think a it was like
1: a um, like a school field trip or something okay Um, and she like completely fell in love. She thought it was beautiful. And she was like, I want to live here. And after graduating high school, she left her home and moved to Virginia with one of her, uh, she moved in, uh, with one of her mother's, uh, friends and started taking classes at a community college in hopes to one day becoming a dentist, like her father, uh, to support herself when she was in school, uh, Lorena worked as a nanny and the woman she, uh, worked for, trained her so that she could work as a manicurist at a salon. Uh, In the long run, she had very simple and mostly realistic goals. She wanted to meet a great (laughs) man, marry, and start a family. Those
0: are not realistic at all in America. I mean... Come on. Yeah, they're not. <laughs>
1: uh, so, Lorena's dreams of meeting a great man seemingly came to fruition when at a bar Mm-mm. on the Quantico Marine Corps base, Mm-mm. she met a <laughs> handsome young man by the name of John Wayne Bobbitt.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like this name at all. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Got it. Uh, I know who it is. So,
1: even though this isn't quote unquote Hollywood like a you know it's good enough. a movie celebrity sh- we're know. good we're good you already know where this is going uh, Lorena's English wasn't the best and one article stated the first night they met they danced more than they talked which great dance. great idea I know what that's <laughs> <for>. um, <clears throat> John became Lorena's first boyfriend and they had a seemingly enjoyable courtship <clears throat> the family she worked for the castros um she worked for them and she lived with them and they were super fucking strict mm. and they're not her parents <laughs> they would chaperone their dates. stop yeah. how old was she um 19 bitch yeah so they would- 19 keeps on counting no so they um they were super strict so i watched this uh spanish like uh not a documentary but like a nightline type thing okay um and so they reenacted it. So they were very strict. They were strict with her and they were strict uh, with their two daughters. So they sh- they would chaperone a lot of their dates. Um, and Lorena at times thought it was a bit silly for them to do that um, because she trusted John and she knew that he would never like hurt her or even want to hurt her or anything like that. Like she never, never thought like... Anything Mm -hmm. Um, in retrospect, she did believe that although she was 19, she was a young 19 and she was a bit naive to jump into this relationship. Um, After about a year of dating, they were young and in love. And on June 18th, 1989, they were married. Neither of their families were present. Lorena's family was back in Ecuador and his family, for whatever reason, didn't show up. Uh, So they had a very small and intimate ceremony from, what I saw, I think it was just the Castros that were there. So they kind oh. of just like gave her away and yeah. we're just like supportive, giving her like well, I mean, marriage advice nice. or whatever. Um, according to Lorena, the honeymoon, the honeymoon was over about two months into the marriage and John began to show his true colors. He didn't allow her to have friends. Um, he, he, kind of wanted to like isolate her mm-hmm. to himself yeah. like all these fucking controlling assholes do um, he began abusing her verbally and Mm-mm. physically beating her choking her and raping her on multiple occasions dick yeah cut it off mm-hmm. really bad. <laughs> <laughs> cut him loose lorena uh, Lorena was not only afraid to leave Her abuser but she truly Loved him and cared about him She does admit to being embarrassed Um she was embarrassed To like ask for help Or advice she didn't want to tell anybody She was abused and she She was embarrassed if she Did have to go through like with a divorce mm-hmm. But she was young and she came from like a Pretty like traditional family So that she just didn't want to fucking get a divorce Right um she recalls dressing in pants and long sleeves, regardless of the 90 degree weather. Uh, she lied to friends about reasons why she had to come home early. If on like by chance that she even did go out with them. Well, John was like living his best fucking life. He was out late getting drunk doing whatever he wants, Typical. fucking whoever he wants Typical. getting into bar fights. Um, and then coming home fucking shit face to beat and rape her. Um, it, like he would do it if she questioned him, like, where were you? He would do it. If she was like, he came home and she was sleeping. Anything. Yeah. Like for any fucking reason. <laughs> um, he has denied these claims. He says that he was never an alcoholic. He was never abusive. um, That's what they all fucking say. (laughs) And in like, um, I read this article that like in 2009 or something, they ended up uh, coming like on a talk show together. And he did apologize for like uh, treating her the way he did. So it's like treating her the way he did that he didn't treat her or did you not? (laughs) I don't know. Um, So he, he denies all these claims. Uh, Lorena did call the cops several times, but almost never filed a report. Mm. He was the beat the shit out of her first and then apologize later kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but after a while, she was just fucking over the bullshit. So in June of 1993, after about four years of marriage and hell, um, John brought home a friend of his and told Lorena. He, he didn't ask her he told her that they um this guy was going to be living with them for a while and she was like um where is he going to stay like yeah. they lived in an apartment at the time and he um he was like he's gonna sleep on the sofa like don't fucking ask questions don't bother him this Ew. is just, like what it's gonna be no sir like um okay that's not creepy <laughs> what <laughs> that's not crazy so that's not creepy yeah and it's like he and that's what she would always say like i'm the wife like i have a say in Mm -hmm, what goes on mm -hmm. like whether it's finances or whatever and he just didn't give a shit like he didn't want to hear anything she had to fucking say um like he just didn't value her at all in any sense Um, so on the night of June 23rd, 1993, John and the new roommate went out. They both came back hammered and John smelled so bad that it woke Lorena up when he walked. No, but she pretended. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, she pretended to be asleep. So this night, John raped her and hit her and then he knocked out. She says she still does not know how the friend didn't hear the commotion or her screaming and yelling for help. Um, she figured, like, he was just blackout drunk. Or he just, just ignored it. Yeah,
0: or just ignored because it. Because he knew what was going on. Right.
1: So then that means, like, and that's the other thing, like,
0: how... Well, that's I even mean, scarier because it's like, okay, this other person's in the house with us. Right. And I don't John know why they're he here. I don't care. Right. Yeah. They could just be here to make sure that I don't get out of line. Exactly. You just don't know.
1: So he didn't help her. He didn't do anything. Um, and according to Lorena, later that night, once John fell asleep, she got up for a glass of water. She went to the kitchen to get a glass of water. And the next thing she knew, she was outside with a knife and covered in blood. No. So she repeatedly claims she has no recollection of what happened or or why it happened Or why she did that Like she just completely blacked out mm-hmm. Like that's her claim So after getting up to get some water Apparently she saw a knife And decided to fuck him up Instead of doing what a lot of us would do And just stab him to fucking death <laughs> I'd be like yeah. fuck, fuck you dude um, Her subconscious had other plans And she cut his dick off
0: Yes queen Yes <laughs> Now you gotta live with it, and so or I'll without it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I did find photos of the penis no. on uh, the, uh, um, the internet. Yes, but it. <laughs> Oh, it's um it's like a big like poster uh photo from the trial. Oh yeah. so, like the <laughs> doctor, or whoever is like holding it up and I'm thinking like that's so Oh my god, I found it. <laughs> you found <laughs> <laughs> I found it. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Literally
2: type in Lorena Bobbitt and then click images and it's there. Yeah.
1: Uh, but okay, so I saw an interview, or maybe whatever. So the doctor said that it was basically cut like from the base. Like you, like there's a very little left attached to him. <laughs> but the photo looks small, doesn't it, Eileen? It's not very big. Yeah.
0: Maybe he's a grower. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I'm no not gonna I'm not, not gonna anymore. fault. Him for- <laughs> I prefer <laughs> <laughs> He's got a long way to go now.
1: <laughs>
0: um So,
1: so yeah, so she cut his fucking dick off. Oh, there's a picture of his body of what's left. Oh, I didn't see that. Send that to me. Um, It's you can barely
2: tell what it is, but I'm going to send it to you right now. And it's a doctor. You'll see it. The doctor's holding the
1: picture. Love it. Um, okay. So she, so she walked out of the apartment With the knife in one hand and the dick in the other and drove off. She still doesn't know why she took it with her. She doesn't know. Okay, so I'm going to put this in the show notes. She did an interview or she came on uh, on the Steve Harvey show. And he is fucking hilarious. We have to watch it together. Okay. He's like, um, let me just ask you, why did, why did you take it? Why didn't you just like <laughs> leave it there for him? I can picture find- Steve Harvey yes. saying oh this Oh my God, too. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and um, so, so she left, right? And so she's still like in this, uh, I don't know, this frenzy or whatever the fuck she was in. And, When she's in the middle of driving, she comes to and she realizes that she can't. Like dr- she can't maneuver the car anymore, mm-hmm. and she looks at her hands and she realizes like what she fucking has in her hand, and she throws
0: the dick out the fucking window <laughs> <laughs> as she's I mean, driving. Okay, but think about it. If, if okay, <laughs> Pu- okay, we're putting ourselves in Lorena Bobbitt's shoes, right? She like legit the blackout story is true. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. Whatever. You wake up with a dick you wake in up hand. with a cut off dick in your hand and you're driving. I love it. Yeah, I probably would, I would at least drop it somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, she threw that shit out the window and uh, <laughs> 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 she threw it out the fucking window. It's fucking useless. Um, so she eventually pulled over and she called the only people she knew to call in a panic, which is the cast. I know. Yeah. The family that she was living with. Um, and they told her to come over. So she comes over. Fucking, did she explain to them on the phone what happened?
0: She was like panicking. Okay. So they were just like, I don't know what happened. Just yeah. come over. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she's like, something happened. I did something. And they're like, okay, just, just come over. Right. Like, cause they didn't know if she was hurt or right, right, what. Right, 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 right. So, and she didn't realize that she was still in her nightgown. Like mm. sh- until after, like later, later. So she comes over and, um, She's covered in blood. Uh, Oh, I lost my place. Uh Uh-oh. No. Hold on. No,
0: podcast is over.
1: Damn. Okay. Good night. So she comes (laughs) over uh, covered in blood, (laughs) freaking out. She's trying to tell them what happened from what she remembers. And then she starts to tell them what has been happening, like the abuse and everything. Um, And for some reason, she's switching between like English and Spanish. And so they're trying to like piece everything together. Yeah. Excuse me. So they're like, dude, what the fuck? So the husband, Mr. Castro, he calls the police and um, they come over. So she. They just thought, let's get her evaluated. Like, mm-hmm. let's just see what's going on. If he did rape her, let's get that rape Mm -hmm. kit done. If he Mm -hmm. hurt her, let's just take Mm -hmm. her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So no one cares at this point, but John was yelling for help and miraculously (laughs) the friend hears him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the dead friend that somehow resurrects yeah. pun not intended for Easter—but um, <laughs> he comes back to life <laughs> and he takes him to the hospital. Okay, so they stabilize him, and the doctor tells him if they can find what was cut off within six hours, that he can successfully—a yeah, like movie, yeah. Like literally. That, you that's know what I mean? Like, is this a novella? Yes. So, if they can find it within six hours, he can successfully reattach it. Oh. So good to know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you'll be fine. (laughs) Give it five hours, John. Um so when the Castros called the cops, they took Lorena to the same hospital that John was at. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh that's awesome. So after questioning her, um, they put two and two together and figured out like who she was. So they they told her, "You have to tell us where the dick is. <laughs> like <laughs> we, we have to find it." <laughs> and I know. Could it. you imagine I mean, they told I mean. it? Like tell us where the dick is. It's just so
2: good. Like you have. Like I just picture them being in this like dimly lit in in uh, interview room. And it's like, tell me where the dick is. <laughs> no. Oh
1: my God. So she, so they tell her, like, why. Like, it's kind of like time sensitive because otherwise he's just going to be dickless the rest of his life. I'd be and meanwhile, like, Meanwhile, on him. the wall, they have like a timer
0: going down. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like a bomb.
1: Yeah. Um, so she vaguely remembers where it could be because that's kind of like around where she stopped, Uh where she like came to. Uh So, um, (laughs) in the fucking thing that I watched, it's hilarious, but so they go, uh, and they find it. And it's in the grass, so they literally have to, like, pick grass off of it and, like, fucking clean it and shit. <laughs> so they found it, and after a nine-and-a-half-hour surgery, it was successfully reattached. Uh-huh. Yeah. So good, good job, uh-huh. doctors. Um, okay, so that's done. So they both stood trial after that uh I put loser John. Loser John was acquitted of rape, so that's what he went to trial for. Mm and Lorena was charged with malicious wounding, which could have resulted in a 20 year sentence. Her defense claim, her defense team claimed temporary insanity. And after seven hours of deliberation, she was found not guilty due to insanity, um, causing an irresistible impulse to sexually wound John. Mm -hmm. And as a result, she could not be held liable for her actions. Um, Under So under Virginia state law, she was ordered to do um, a 45... I was going to say $45. (laughs) A 45-day evaluation at Central State Hospital in Petersburg. Um, And, okay, I don't know why. So this happened in 93. In 95, after six years of marriage, John filed for divorce. Or they were officially divorced. It just takes... I think... That's I think probably, it took longer, huh? Well, and
0: I think it's probably that was like the last thing on his mind. Yeah, that's like true. He was probably like I got to get my dick in order <laughs> and then Oh, he he did. And then and then he, you know, he had his trial and then yeah. her trial. So that's true. that probably took a long time and then he was like, "All right, I think I'll I'll get divorced now." I think now. it's time. <laughs> um, I wonder if they had like a sit down and it was like, "Listen, we've been through a lot." <laughs> And my dick's been through a lot. And I, I think just it's time think that we should see other people. And we get we get a divorce, They split
2: everything down the middle and like split the dick in half again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's basically mine. Um, so, so while this was happening, um, it could have been the perfect opportunity to begin a conversation about domestic violence, but that was far from what actually happened. So there were a few like domestic violence advocates and like feminist groups mm-hmm. that obviously supported Lorena, and, right. but it wasn't the huge upheaval that I think a lot of people. Wanted it to be uh-huh. because it was Such a prevalent thing and a lot of people Weren't talking about it uh-huh. um, And it was still a year before. Uh, this was a year before The Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman murders uh-huh. So I wonder like if If uh, the the correct conversations started, Mm. if Nicole Brown would have maybe gotten help, or gotten herself out of that situation more so, or like tried to protect herself a little bit more, if. What happens still what have happened. Yeah, because you know it's what I like mean? well and I know it's not her fault, it's
0: nothing she no, could have no, done no, or not done. No, 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 no. But, no. but it's, it's just a question. It's knowledge. It's it's all of that. It's getting other it's more getting society to yeah. recognize that it's an issue. Yeah. Um for the victims. So I was just wondering. Yeah. Like, I mean it's interesting because the earlier the conversations start to mm-hmm. happen about things like this. The, the more people are aware of it. yeah so. like could have it abo- been avoided? I don't know. <sighs> Just a question.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so John Wayne Bobbitt uh, was fucking buried in debt from escalating hospital and legal bills <laughs> and uh, in an oh, this pissed me, I'll tell you later. In an effort to earn some money, he did what any person desperate for money would do, and he started a band) <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, <laughs> stop! Stop it right now.
1: I mean, if you want something successful, you need quick money, Kyle. A band, clearly. Well, fuck the podcast. So the band was—if you thought that was good—the <laughs> band was perfectly named Severed Parts. <laughs> yes, that, that is real. And surprise, surprise, are they sucked. on iTunes? <laughs> no, nothing happened. Oh, uh, they suck. They broke up. No money was ever made because it's a terrible fucking idea. Um, in another effort to avoid getting a real job like a real adult, he took the obvious next step uh, into porn.
0: I was thinking that <laughs> And <laughs> I didn't know that part either. Like yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: Appearing in such classics like John Wayne Bobbit, Uncut, and <laughs> Frank and Penis. Oh my, my god. Goodness. No Viewing Party, True Crime Girls Viewing Party. Frank and Penis. Frank and Penis. Um, he did eventually get jobs. Uh, he moved to Vegas and worked as a limo, not at the same time, but these are just jobs that he had a uh-huh. uh, limo driver, bartender, mover, pizza delivery guy. And even as a minister at the universal life church. Nope. Yep. So lots of great life choices. This one is making, um, <laughs> in 1994, literally a year after beating his wife and getting his dick chopped off. He was charged with hitting a dancer named Christina Elliott in 1999. He received probation for robbing a store in Nevada in 2003. He was sent to prison for violating above mentioned probation. uh, When he was charged with battery after hitting his at the time wife, Joanna Farrell, in 2004 yes the next year if you were keeping track he was then charged for battery twice for the same thing beating his wife joanna farrell and that same year he filed for divorce the fucking nerve
0: (laughs) wow
1: (laughs) like what are you doing john oh my god and fun fact john changed his name to john wayne farrell he took the name of his last wife
0: oh that's,
1: that's fun Um, so Lorena, my girl, this angel Mm -hmm. after the trial, uh, she went back to her maiden name, Gaio, and she tried her best to keep a low profile. Um, in 2007, Lorena founded Lorena's red wagon organization. And the organization helps prevent domestic violence through family oriented activities. And in 2008, she began using her name to her advantage to advocate and speak out against domestic violence and abuse. Um, This was one thing that she didn't like. Um, She only started going public with this and making, like, appearances because she thought that it would help her organization, which it did. Mm -hmm. Um, But she would just have to deal with, like, the jokes and, and, you know, everybody, like, giving her shit about it, Mm -hmm. which I kind of... I mean, she's received very well. So, like, all the interviews that I see, like, everybody really likes her. She's very likable. She's a very sweet lady. Um, But she's just, like, I wish I didn't have to deal with the jokes. Mm -hmm. You know? She's, like, I have thick skin. I can fucking deal with it. Whatever. Um, She said if she had to take some dick jokes in order to be heard about what she's doing in her organization, she just doesn't give a fuck. um, Because it's something that she's passionate about. Right. So, they have both made their media rounds uh whether it be for money on his part or whatever um and they still have managed to stay somewhat of a household name and um Although this wasn't like the typical Hollywood story I wanted to do, it has been embedded itself. It has embedded itself in pop culture, and it is pretty famous. Al Weird Al uh, wrote a song about it. They've been parodied and joked on uh, like late night television, SNL, etc., mm-hmm. movies, and for anybody like our younger listeners that have never heard this story. You know, oh my god! I wanted to make sure first to of keep all it you're alive. raised wrong. <laughs> yeah, literally, because. I mean, this was in 93, so I was about. I was four. 93, four. I was seven, eight mm-hmm. around there. I remember this happening. Um, but I thought she was white. She
0: was like, white. Yeah, I don't know. I, thought she thought I didn't Rae Rae know Rae's what she Lorena like looked like. And she has like a right. heart. Like, she's,
1: like,
0: I don't know. Well, it, with Lorena Bobbitt, it does sound more southern. Yeah. Like Dolly <laughs> Parton. Like, yeah. it's that kind of like thing you know I well I mean to what, me yeah yeah so like when I like it's start when you start to roll your r's that you're like oh yeah Lorena, okay.
1: <laughs> Leonor. um but when I started watching like interviews I was like oh shit like she still has like an accent I had no that's idea insane. um but she seems like a really sweet well-adjusted lady um and she's now happily married good for she her has a kid good for yeah. her yeah
0: She's doing a lot of really good things with her
1: organization. I mean, um, and that's
0: that's super important because I mean, look at okay the path that John took. Yeah, and exactly. the path that she took. It yeah, sh- it proves exactly what happened there. And she's totally fucking winning. Because, oh, yeah, huh? after that like no man is ever
2: gonna fuck with her like her new husband probably treats her like a fucking queen Mm -hmm. good she deserves it like i'm never gonna hurt you i'm never gonna you know what you're always right even when you're wrong you're always right just please don't don't cut my my dick
1: off off for people to treat you that way (laughs) (laughs) hey you gotta do what you gotta do man is that what you have to do you gotta command that fucking respect (laughs) or these assholes won't give it to you (laughs) um so if anybody uh wants to check out uh what she's doing it's lorena lorena's red wagon organization um she's still doing her shit she's doing a lot of like fundraising and she does like a toy drive every year around the holidays um so she's
0: doing good stuff oh my god we should totally help i'm proud that. of her yeah mm-hmm. get it lorena team Bobbit. it <laughs> 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 Gayo, team Gayo. <laughs> oh god. So that was my story of Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. The badass bitch she is. Yeah, she is. That was a good one. I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that either. Mm-hmm. Very Me unexpected. Either. When
2: you said her name, I didn't know who the fuck she was. Yeah, Me either.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Yeah. Nice job there. Thank you. All
1: right. Are you ready, Aileen? Sure. I don't do you know I don't know what you're doing
0: I don't know what she's doing we don't know okay cool I'm excited I told you that doesn't mean we know I don't remember <laughs> what
1: more do you
2: expect so my little book that I write in looks so cute because it says season 2 episode 1 and I think it's so cute
0: So cute. you should
2: post a photo on your Instagram <clears throat> no it's okay anyways aesthetic. Um, <laughs> listen Delia fucking deets I'm not aestheticing my shit, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. What? I see the dick. <laughs> Is that like, I see the light? You finally check your text? <laughs> I yeah. see the dick.
2: <laughs> so I am doing comedian Phil Hartman from Saturday Night, oh. Night Live. Oh, that's right. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm not as, um, in detail as Janine with her Lorena Bobbitt's penis story, but um, I'll just jump right in. Philip Edward Hartman was born September 24th, 1948 in Brantford, Ontario, Canada to parents Doris and Rupert Hartman. Oh. Um, with, I didn't know he was Canadian. Yeah, surprise. Uh, with seven other siblings. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> interrupt your own story okay just
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll be quiet just like oh thank you
2: that's all i ask i'm just kidding (laughs) anyways um with seven other siblings phil didn't get the affection and attention he wanted so he found other ways to get it becoming the class clown in his school um I really want to go more into his life because he was more than just a comedian. He was also an extremely talented graphic designer. Um, he created album covers for bands and advertising logos for um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, which I feel like I should know who that is, but I don't.
1: Yeah. Your mom should have fucking <laughs> brought that up
2: a long time ago. <laughs> I have no idea. Cause that's not like it's way before my time. Um, but yeah. Um, i really really want to go i mean there's really not much to say about his life before all this because even though he was like a good comedian he's a talented comedian graphic designer um his death is more interesting than his life was yeah um he was married three times his first marriage ended after less than two years um his second marriage lasted three with his wife wife
1: his wife his
2: His wife his wife yeah I have something. Um, I'm sounding like Kylie now. Um, his wife's <laughs> hating. His real life persona was opposite of what you would see on screen. She said he would be in his own little world and disappear emotionally. <clears throat> that's pretty standard for actors. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. That. It, that, but that's what I gather. Like reading Come about on. this, it made me think well, of Robin Williams.
0: Yeah. They're completely opposite. That's a complete front. A lot of them have anxiety and have stuff like that um that they're dealing with and that is the way that they um can be someone else. Yeah. And so it kind of explains
2: um a lot about what makes you think about like not just him and Robin Williams, but like all the other comedians, like you think of what they could be hiding. Oh
1: for yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm Let's just hope they don't end up on the podcast. No. Hmm. Nope, nope. <laughs> or maybe they do. Anyways, um, in 1986, Phil was set up on a blind date with model and aspiring actress Bryn Omdahl. Um, they would marry one year later in November 1987. They ended up having two children together, Sean and Bergen Hartman. Anyways, um, Brynn always felt jealous of Phil's success because she could not find any on her own. Uh, Phil would try to get her acting roles, but Brynn would turn to drugs and alcohol to cope with her issues. Girl. Right? Um, She often joked about Phil's working relationship with his SNL co-star, Jan Hooks, saying they were married on some other level. Um, Phil saw the destructive path Brynn was on and considered retiring to save her to save her and their marriage. Um, on May 27, 1998, Bryn Hartman and friend slash producer Christine Zander went to dinner at Bucca de Beppo in Encino, California. So now this makes me really want to go to Bugada de Beppo now. Just-
0: <laughs> so good. Buca de Beppo is so good. I totally have a gift card. Let's go. Yeah.
2: Thanks to Janine's dad. Um, <laughs> Christine said Bryn seemed to be fine and in a good frame of frame of mind after they finished um, after dinner brain returned home and started an argument with phil phil threatened to leave her if she began to use drugs again um, and just eventually they got nowhere and they both went to bed um, around 3 a.m on may 28th 1998 armed with a 38 caliber caliber handgun, Um, both drunk and high on cocaine, Brian Hartman walked into the bedroom that she shared with Phil and shot her husband three times as he slept, twice in the head and once in his side. Um, She then drove to the home of family family friend Ron Douglas and told him what she did. Initially, he didn't believe her, so... She had him follow her back to her house, and on the way, she phoned another friend and confessed again of her actions. <clears throat> At six thirty a.m., Ron Douglas saw Phil Hartman's body and immediately called nine one one. Police arrived and she and escorted Ron and the Hartman children out of their home. But Brynn had barricaded herself in their bedroom. Shortly after, she would be found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound through her mouth. Jesus.
1: yeah so don't do drugs
2: kids were the kids in the house i don't know i'm assuming yes because it said the police arrived and escorted them out
0: oh Oh, fuck
2: fuck. (sighs) yeah so i don't know first of all how or like how they didn't hear it happen yeah um but you as you can imagine like being a child and just thinking you were in the house as your mother killed your father
1: Fuck man. Yeah. Jesus.
2: Um, so awful. those close to the Hartman family describe the Hartmans as a very happy couple and always had the appearance of being well balanced. Um, which means you really never know what someone's life is like from the outside looking in. Oh, absolutely not. <clears throat> now that's all I have written down in my little book, but I do have some like side notes. Mm-hmm. Um no one knows exactly why she did what she did, obviously because she died and didn't leave a note or anything but family members of Bryn were um adamant that she was taking the antidepressant drug Zoloft and they filed a wrongful death lawsuit in 1999 that was by her brother um Gregory Omdahl against Pfizer which is the manufacturer of the drug um they said basically that she was cocaine huh yeah (laughs) but it was like I'm pretty sure Zoloft with cocaine yeah but i yeah i don't know um also there was a big um i can't even think of the word but whatever uh basically hartman's friends um john lovitz which is his snl colleague and Mm -hmm. one of his former work uh co-workers andy dick were fighting with each other basically john lovitz was saying that andy dick reintroduced brin to cocaine and that's what caused mm-hmm. her to relapse yeah. and suffer a nervous breakdown um, andy dick swears up and down that he knew nothing of her condition knew nothing about it and it wasn't his fault um in 2006 john lovitz said that andy dick came up to him in a restaurant and told him i put the phil hartman hex on you you're the next one to die
0: what the fuck oh i just got chills um john no. lovett
2: responded by smashing andy dick's face into the bar
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> a good response
2: <laughs> oh my god yeah so then um a year later they got into it again for the same thing basically john lovett saying that andy dick was at fault for it basically blaming him for um what he did to brin and saying that Phil Hartman's death is on Andy Dick's hands. Um, Andy Dick to this day still swears up and down that it wasn't his fault, has no um responsibility in it at all.
1: So that's a tough yeah. one because I mean, uh, first of all, in that industry, stuff like that is going to be very prevalent. And on top of uh, like you trying to numb yourself, um, I think it's very easy to fall into drugs because it's easy, they're accessible, they work, whatever. So, I mean, if he did get her back into it, that's still on her. It's still, it's totally still on her, but and you can't but then at the same time you can't blame somebody that's suffering I don't from think yeah whatever uh, you know see my thing is like if you know
2: somebody has a problem with addiction or drug use if you put the drugs in their hands and they yeah. do something that's on you yeah but that's like if someone gets if, if, some if responsibility. you're for sure yeah like if you're getting your kid brother drunk and he yeah. goes and you know well that's what, okay for example if you go to a bar and a bar keeps serving you alcohol and they know that you're done you should be cut off and they don't cut you off they keep serving you alcohol you go and get in a car accident that mm-hmm. bar is liable yep yeah that's true that's true so same thing like if you give a drug addict drugs and they do something bad that's sh- that's on that's really on you
1: and i had no idea um andy dick was so like tied into this yeah yeah, yeah. right i didn't know either yeah yeah, I kind of just thought it was just, like, between them too, uh-huh. Like, it was their uh-huh. own shit, and, you know, that's all this insane. fucked up stuff happened. Yeah. So, boy. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty much my story. Short and sweet. So, so yeah, sad. that was really heavy. Oh, yeah. Damn.
2: I want to know more of what happened to the kids, because that's, yeah. like, um, that's rough. But you don't yeah. hear of them, like... like you do other celebrity children you know
0: well maybe they didn't want to
1: be in
0: hollywood anymore
1: and they probably have like a really strong and supportive like family or Uh you know system that's going on that is trying to protect them from all of that Mm -hmm. so that's actually really good that was a good one eileen that was good I try. Very sad, actually. <laughs>
0: super, <laughs> super, sad. super fucking downer. I feel. So let me bring you up. <laughs> this is not going to bring you up. I mean, yours was kind uh, of
2: funny, but at least everybody lived. Even the dick. True.
1: True. <laughs> Even the dick. Wait, John or the actual penis? All of the exactly. above. <laughs> All of the above. Every
2: single
0: one of them. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So I... W- I am doing um, Rebecca Schaefer mm. So um, Rebecca Lucille Schaefer Was born on November 6, 1967 In Eugene, Oregon She was the only child of Dana And Dr. Benson Schaefer she grew up in Portland and began modeling in her junior year of high school. She had some success in catalogs and commercials, so in August 1984, her parents let her move to New York City to continue pursuing her modeling career. Oh, I her. Got I'm like oh. scared me. Oh hello. Sorry. Sorry I'll just put it that on vibrate me. since you don't want to pay attention. <laughs> um. <laughs> my bad. I didn't know it was on. <laughs> Um, to continue pursuing her modeling career there, um, she did land a role as Annie Barnes for six months on one life to live. So that was kind of like one of her first introductions into mm-hmm. acting. That's one of the, I think I did watch that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, but um get this it's it's funny for all of us because Schaefer had trouble finding gigs and modeling because she was 5'7 so she was too Aww, short the horror <laughs> I'm like oh driving 5'1
1: <laughs> there's <laughs> this that, god like,
0: yeah I know it's crazy Aww, so poor girl Yeah, so she was too short for high fashion modeling, which that's where a lot of the money I mean, well, Well, commercial modeling, you can do. Wasn't Kate Moss 5'7? Like, wasn't she, like, she's like the shortest? Of course, there's like exceptions. Yeah. But let's just say. So it wasn't her height. It was actually her looks. It was ever. Like, obviously, if she had the, like, the look, they they would have been fine. But fuck the fashion world. Yeah. So, um, after a stint in Japan trying to continue her modeling career, she eventually moved back to New York and decided yeah, and to focus to on acting. Yeah, she well, she went Shit. to Japan because she hoped that that would help with her modeling career, um, but she still had trouble um, yeah. booking, um, booking things. So, in 1986, she landed a small role in Woody Allen's film, Radio Days, um, but her performance was ultimately cut and only a small part of her of one of her scenes remains in, actually in the film. Radio days, I need to watch that. Um, she continued to book modeling gigs, like commercial stuff. When And she also worked as a waitress at this time. She landed the cover of Seventeen magazine and caught the eye of television producers who were casting for a new sitcom called My Sister Sam. Mm -hmm. She auditioned and got the role of Patty Russell, who is the lead character Sam's sister The series started off as a hit It ranked in the top 25 during the first season But was eventually cancelled In the second season when ratings began to fall Just like normal Normal stuff Um, So after my sister, Sam Schaefer moved from New York to California, she rented an apartment in the Fairfax district in Los Angeles and began to land a variety of supporting roles in things like um, scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills, the end of innocence and a TV film called out of time. By all accounts, Schaefer had a promising start to her career. It was just kind of like those supporting roles, getting her mm-hmm. prepared for bigger things. It was just the beginning. But on July 18th, 1989, Rebecca Schaefer was fatally shot at her apartment by her stalker, Robert Bardo. So Robert Bardo was born on January 2nd, 1970. He was the youngest of seven children. His mother um, was... I, I've read different places. Some places say she's Korean. Some places say she's Japanese. <laughs> so... She's something like... I would say probably Korean. I think Korean's the correct one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I just wanted to throw that out there that I did see Japanese as well. And his father was a non-commissioned officer in the U.S. Air Force. Um, So because of that, the family did move around a lot in his early years. But eventually they settled in Tucson, Arizona in
1: 1983. Damn, with seven fucking kids. What is it with
0: seven? What? So what is it with seven Oh, creepy. Phil Hartman was, oh, no, he was of eight. Oh, was he seven of eight? Yes. Yeah, that's why. Oh, my creepy. God. So, he reportedly had a rough childhood. He was the object of physical and mental abuse. One of his teachers, when he was 13. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Not what you're thinking. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> like a teacher. <laughs> when he was 13, reported saying that he was a time bomb on the verge of exploding. That must be so rough as a teacher to like see these things Said of these kids. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. So, Bardo's first stint with Obsession I'm going to call it obsession at this point was when he was 13. So he took a bus to Maine when he was 13 years old in search of Samantha Smith. And she was the child who became famous for writing letters to Mikhail Gorbachev, um, who was like the last Soviet union leader. So he became obsessed with her um, and her life. So he took a bus to go find her (laughs) and authorities eventually found him and returned him to his family in Tucson. Oh, that's romantic. Yeah, so that was no. that was his first like that that was a little really, bro? Like from fucking Arizona to Maine. Yeah. At 13. Yeah. To find someone. I yeah. see where are your parents, but they were yeah. hands full. Yeah. He was good at school, like he got good grades and stuff like that, but would often write threatening letters to his teachers. Threatening letters to his teachers. What? <laughs> Like they're your teachers. <laughs> yeah. Like, What are you doing? You still have to them. see them. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't because um, strange. he, I saw that he dropped out of high school um, and started working as a janitor at a Jack in the Box. What? And this is when he started to fall in love with like television shows. I think they had, like, a TV there that uh, they watched. Okay, okay. And so he started to watch TV a little bit more. And he specifically connected with the TV show My Sister Sam. Mm-mm. He
1: be-
0: he began to become obsessed with the character Patty, for which he built a shrine for in his bedroom. I um, mean, I have one, too, but... Uh, <laughs> we're not going to take it to... Yeah. So For My Sister Sam. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So this is a one of his quotes. I have a few of them in this entire thing. She came into my life in the right moment. She was brilliant, pretty, outrageous. Her innocence impressed me. She turned into a goddess for me, an idol. Since then, I turned an atheist. I only adored her.
1: If he wasn't psycho, that would actually be really fucking romantic. <laughs> and I think I got a bit of a hard on just thinking about like somebody saying that about me. That would be amazing. If
0: you were actually in a relationship, maybe. Right. No, if, the,
1: if it was like,
0: if I realized they existed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like that's sweet. Just not in it's the, context, the context. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you fucking murder her. Got it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like many fans do, he began to write letters to the actress who played Patty, Rebecca Schaefer, because they're the same person. Um, Clearly, <laughs> and um, Rebecca did respond to his to some of his letters, um, saying. That his letter was the most beautiful she had received. On her letter, she drew a peace sign, a heart, and signed it with love from Rebecca. Oh, no. Because, I mean, how you're just, it's your fan mail. Yeah, you don't know. The day Bardot received the letter, he wrote in his diary, When I think of her, I would like to become famous to impress her. Well, you're on your way, bro. (sighs) So. Literally. Naturally. Bardot decided it would be a good idea to go visit her at the Burbank studio where they taped my sister Sam. Obviously. Yeah. He arrived at the gates with a teddy bear and a bouquet of roses for Uh Schaefer. But the guard would not let him in. So what would your guys' next step be? Kill the guard. Oh, good one, break in, Eileen. Break in. Oh, okay. Um, well, not quite. He did return <laughs> a month later, but this time instead of a teddy bear and roses, he just had a knife. <laughs> oh, well, because you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, um, he didn't. He didn't get in. Natural escalation. No, he did not gain entrance. <laughs> this did not work. And in his diary, he wrote, "I do not lose." Period. Fucking diary. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, he returned to Tucson, and he continued to follow Schaefer's acting career, including seeing her role in ca- Class Struggle in Beverly Hills, where she had a love scene. hmm How dare she? I know. This enraged Bardo. To him, Schaefer had lost her innocence um, because she was the same person as Patty, of course. And she's also the same person as the person she's playing in this movie. Right. (laughs) Um, And she had become, quote, one more of the bitches of Hollywood. Sorry about it. Like, to...
1: To have that, like, mentality, though, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's the world that he was living in. Yeah. Like, I almost feel bad for him, but it's like... Bro. Yeah. I don't. I I don't feel bad for him because that's like... Nobody... Like, his parents or his 700 siblings weren't like, hey, this might be unhealthy. (laughs) No, but that's like... Like, Maybe you want
2: to... Were are like, They're so entitled men now where, like, they get turned down by girls on Tinder, whatever, you tell them no, and they get all butthurt and start cussing you out and calling you a like, bitch or a slut. Yeah. Fucking ugly anyway. It's like, oh, really? Because you messaged me. Yeah, and, me and it's like, fat slut, no one's going to love you. Really? Because you swiped on me. That's just, you're a real winner, The entitlement of men, that they feel like they, you owe them everything. And when you don't give them the time of day, suddenly you're the monster. Yeah, that's very true.
0: Yeah. Oh, so he was just pissed. He decided that Rebecca had to be punished for her immorality. And he drew a diagram of her body and marked spots where he planned to shoot her. (gasps) He asked his older brother, Edgar, to buy him a gun. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) My God. Um, Come on, Edgar. Edgar, get it together. At 21 years old, Bardot's obsession continued to grow. He bombarded Rebecca with swarms of love letters. He collected videos of Rebecca's TV shows. And um, for those of you out there, videos are. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know what a VHS is. But.
1: (laughs) On a tape. Yeah. And what a tape
0: is. (laughs) His shrine grew into his entire room, which was decorated with dozens of glossy publicity photos of the girl he lusted for. Uh, I'm not that bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ours is just the small shark. Yeah. We didn't, it's not our entire bed. I didn't go over the top. He mailed an ominous sounding letter to his sister in Tennessee telling her if he couldn't have Rebecca, no one else would. So he hopped on a bus bound mm-hmm. to Hollywood, and that's where he starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, he gets to Hollywood and on July 17th, 1989, he called her agent's office and tried to find out where she lived. The agent, of course, refused to give him this information. So he took to walking the streets, showing people her picture and asking if anyone knew her address. What a fucking psycho. Like, in, like I'm just picturing being one of those people where he's like, do you know her at ad- like. When insane. half the people
1: in that area are fucking tourists anyway. Insane. You know what I mean? Yeah, insane. When that didn't work,
0: because <laughs> people were like, Oh, oh it no. didn't? No, Surprise. no. Wow. It did not work. Bardot paid a private detective $250 to find her.
1: Where does he work? Like where is this? He's a money? janitor at Jack and Fox. Oh my god This is life saving. He gets to travel.
0: I know. Hire a PI. Right. Wow. At this time, for as little as $1, a person could go into any California DMV office, fill out form That's 70, right. stating who they are, what person they want information on, the reason, and how they intended to use it. Even if they lie, the information is delivered on the spot, so that is exactly what the private detective did. So, also, can we just math here? Private detective made $249 mm-hmm. in profit good job bro mm-hmm. but you're also a dick i'm in the wrong line of business <laughs> i know you can't do that anymore yeah. but still so armed with the, this information the next day on july 18th 1989 bardo dressed in a yellow polo shirt rang Schaefer's doorbell the intercom wasn't working seriously property managers this is one fucking job get your life together So she came downstairs to the apartment building's front door. She saw Bardot and basically ignored his attention. So he waited another hour and rang the bell again. Still in her house coat because she was just chilling at home. She returned to the front door, turned the handle, and opened it. Like, I already know. I know. I, I hate this story. Um... Bardot's own account of the incident is, and in qu- this is in quotes. She had this kid voice, sounded like a little brat or something. This person that he's in love with, by the way. All <laughs> of like, a sudden, she's hell. a brat. Said I was wasting her time. <laughs> wasting her time. No matter what, I thought that was a very callous thing to say to a fan, you know? I grabbed the door, gun still in the bag, I grabbed it by the trigger, I come around and kapow, and she's like screaming, ah, screaming, why, ah, and it's like, oh god. I like how he says kapow. End quote. What a dick. Like, cause that's the sound the gun makes. Kapow. I know. I, I just imagine him be like pow. Yeah. Well
2: I just it, imagine the flag coming out and rolling out it says kapow.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. A neighbor named Richard Goldman heard the two gunshots and two blood-curdling screams and rushed to her door and found Schaefer's body twitching in the building's foyer. He checked her pulse but found none. Witnesses saw a young man in a yellow shirt jogging up the Hollywood block. He turned into an alley and disappeared. Rebecca was rushed to Cedar Sinai Medical Center. She lingered for 30 minutes before she died. Oh, poor girl. Yep. The next day, back in Tucson, I don't know how he freaking got there, but several motorists called that 911. Magic Alley. <laughs> the <that> Magic Alley. <laughs> he, he used flu powder. And <laughs> Several motorists called 911 to report a man running around in traffic on Interstate 10. It looked like he was trying to get hit by a car. So when police came to him, he confessed immediately to the murder. Arizona police faxed his photo to LA and witnesses confirmed his identity. In court, he appeared dazed and confused and said, quote, I could probably tell you what I did after I killed her, how I got sick and all, but I don't feel like it. He was in Dazed and Confused. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So after that, he landed a movie role. (laughs) And he did become famous. What a fucking idiot. Bardot also carried around a copy of The Catcher in the Rye with him when he murdered Schaefer. He later learned that Mark David Chapman had also carried a copy with him when he shot and killed John Lennon on December 8th, 1980. It's just a famous book for murderers. A year after the slaying, Bardot gave an interview in which he stated, "I was a fan of hers, and I may have carried it too far. May have, just may a, have, just a little bit. But a lot of things have appeared in the press to make me out mm. to be a monster. If oh. I had one wish, where if it was to ever come true, it would be for Rebecca Shaver to be alive today. Well, she could have been. You <laughs> asshole. What a dumbass." <sighs> Bardo was extradited and then and, 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 <weigh laughs> I was so close extra redacted now i don't feel bad <laughs> <laughs> Bardo was extradited to California and his defense attorneys pleaded he had an unstable met- mental condition due to childhood abuse which i don't think they're wrong in that i'm sure <laughs> with everything that was going on there was some mental issues Oh for sure um Bardot was tried and convicted by prosecutor Marsha freaking Clark. Yes, girl. Queen. Get it. Convicted of cap- capital murder in a non-jury courtroom. Bardot was sentenced to life without parole on December 20th, 1991. Bardot told the judge, the idea I killed her for fame is totally ridiculous. I do realize the magnitude of what I've done. I don't think it needs to be compounded by a bunch of lies because she's an actress.
1: It doesn't matter, like, what the fucking rumor is. Like, why would you even fucking give a shit?
0: Yeah. Why are you so worried about it? Yeah. (laughs) I just.
1: He's like uh, making up his own rumors. I've heard that people are saying. No, nobody
0: gives a shit. People need to stop talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) God, why are you so obsessed with me? I'm not doing it for fame. Uh, Schaefer's murder was one of the assault cases that provoked Governor George Duke. Magian to sign a law that prohibited the dmv from releasing addresses <laughs> it's like really you just think this is a good idea now yeah. and inspired the los angeles police department to create the first threat management team the california law was passed in 1990 and became effective on the first day of 1991 it's so crazy because it really wasn't that long ago no absolutely not The law was the first of its kind and later helped to convict Jonathan Norman, who was sentenced to 25 years in prison for attempting to carry out threats against director Steven Spielberg. Thank God. According to the legislation, a stalker is defined as someone who willfully, maliciously and repeatedly follows or harasses another victim and who makes a credible threat with the intent to place the victim or victim's immediate family in fear of their safety. There must be at least two incidents to constitute the, a crime and show a continuity of purpose or credible threat. By 1993, all States as well as Canada put anti-stalking laws into effect. Mm-hmm. On July 27, 2007, Bardot age 37 was stabbed 11 times on his way to breakfast in maximum security prison. Uh, so an inmate stabbed him. He was treated at Davis Medical UC UC Davis Medical Center and returned to prison he lived yeah he lived (laughs) so he's still serving his time in a prison in California oh my god and I mean it's just super interesting so after this I looked it I mean it is true because of course a lot of us are like fans of people Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of the times when it comes to being fans of people we forget that they are human and that they, they aren't the people that they portray, even if they aren't acting, even the people that they portray at like award shows and on interviews, that's, I mean, it is them, but it's not them. They're still, they're portraying this persona because that's what the public wants them to do. So I did look up just like a brief, it's crazy, a brief list. Let me show you this, a brief list. (laughs) Of cases of celebrity stalking. And this is just from one article that, like, oh, just kind of compounded that. Co- compounded I have a fun that. fact after you're done with okay. this list. Um, so, Sandra Bullock, of course, Selena, who I mean, that was her fan club <gasps> Selena's. manager, yeah. So it's not like stalking, but basically. Yeah. Um, Justin Timberlake, Madonna, Britney Spears, The Beckhams, Winona writer, Alyssa Milano, who actually had the same stalker. Keanu Reeves, Leona Lewis, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Gwyneth Paltrow, Mel B, Anna Kornikova had the same stalker. Yeah. Um, Colin Farrell, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sharon Stone, Janet Jackson, Mm -hmm. Jodie Foster, Uma Thurman, Pamela Anderson, George Harrison, Jamie Foxx, Brad Pitt, and of course, John Lennon. Yeah. Um, That's just like one list from the internet. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And like, that's just the people who have like come out and said anything about it. Like, it's just, it's just so sad. And I mean, just yesterday we um, we were at Disneyland, um, and I saw Halle Berry there. And it's true, like she was with her kids, and like I just, she she was just a normal yeah. human being, like. And and it was nice to see, actually, like no one really bothering her. It was, that was really nice. Um, people, of course, were like looking, like, oh my gosh, yeah. like that's Halle Berry, but they weren't going up to her with her kids. And I think we should have that respect for them because they still have lives. So it's just, I don't know. It's just insane. Yes. Of course they have these amazing lives and they get to do like fun things and they don't have to sit at a freaking desk and do all this stuff that other people have to do, but they give up a lot for it. No, they do.
1: And I think for me, I, like I have a friend that's just like they're just normal people, like re fucking mm-hmm. lax. And I'm like, but they're not to me like they they aren't they they are normal people who do pretty extraordinary things sometimes. And I think that's and have a what, lot of power. They have a lot what of my power. My admiration there. is because right. I have no talents and there's these people that are doing great things mm-hmm. and I just admire them, whether they're
0: famous or I think if the admiration comes from a place of respect. Yeah, no, for sure. That's that's healthy, and I get completely starstruck when I see like mm-hmm.
1: anybody that I dig, whether mm-hmm. they're super super famous mm-hmm. or like a YouTube
0: person mm-hmm. or an Instagram person mm-hmm. that I like because they're doing something that they love, yeah, that they're passionate about, like super awesome, you know. Yeah. And I wonder if we have any stalkers. I'm
1: sure. Yeah, all the people that follow us on Instagram, duh, <laughs> creeps, obviously obsessed <laughs> with us. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. Right. That's it. That's it? Yeah. So, the list. Yeah. That's funny. The first person that you said is Sandra Bullock. Uh huh. So, my mom's friend is her stalker, Josh. I forget his last name. And he just got arrested. No. (laughs) Sort of God. God. I was going to do it, but um, I just didn't want to. Um, (laughs) I didn't want to deal with it. But it's funny that you brought her up. Yeah. So, he. Um, And I had a huge crush on him when I was younger and I was like 13 or 14. He was so hot and kind of weird. Obviously I love like the fucking weird ones, but um, he kind of like disappeared and then he came back and started working with them. And then um, my mom texted me one day and she's like, Hey, have you heard about Sandra Bullock? And I thought, like, she died or something. Oh, God. And I'm like, no. She's like, Josh got arrested for stalking her. He was, like, in her house, or he broke into her house or something. And I'm like, what? She's like, I swear to God. And then, like, she sent me some, like, article. That has
0: to be so surreal to oh, know yeah. someone yeah. who's capable of such <laughs> things on another.
1: And not game. only that, like, <laughs> and then insane. he looks crazy. Like, he looks different from what. sure. Yeah. Like, there's just his eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah he completely snapped and i think he had like guns and stuff with him but he (gasps) says he wasn't there to hurt her he just wanted to talk to her of course he was and i was like josh really (sighs) And i was like mom can you send us a picture yeah i'll send it to you guys i was like mom i have the hugest crush on him she's like janine (laughs) but yeah well you definitely have a type
0: yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. No way. Yes, I was like, oh, maybe she'll like, maybe her name will come up on the list. The first, <laughs> first fucking one. one. Yeah. And I just took it like in the list, like how it was. And yeah. I was, I mean, I didn't read like, because each one like had a paragraph about like what they went through and all this stuff. And I mean, it was cool to see a lot of them did take action on their stalkers and. The this law let them do that, so that's really yeah. cool to see it in action and it working. And but I think another thing that's important to remember is for even if you're not a celebrity, this is a thing. Oh, like and it's important. That's even yeah, because I mean, like
1: you don't have the power or the yeah, money so, or
0: the importance that people give a shit. They're just. So like, it's important to take oh. things seriously. Yeah, Um when they happen and. And for anybody
1: like I know this has taken a turn, but for anybody that ever has any even like minimal stalking going on, say, tell somebody, Mm -hmm. tell like file a police report just to have it documented Mm -hmm. because it could fucking escalate to even just them showing up at your house, them getting you like when you're
0: alone just fucking tell somebody. Well, and so it's, somebody it's knows. important to document it. Like I would say, you know, if you are afraid, um, go to the police and write a report because it does take two. So you don't want that first one yeah. to not be recorded, and then you have to wait for another one to happen in order. To, it's As soon as it happens, go and have it on record because that that'll be the sooner. Hopefully you won't have to go back. But the next one, that's it. That's all you need, you know, to convict somebody. So take care of yourself. Like, be careful. Mm
1: -hmm. Don't be a good person because then somebody's going to be obsessed with you. Like, just be a fucking bitch Mm -hmm. and just deal with it later.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, if. If they're not, then they'll learn their lesson and not be freaking creepy. You know, you're creeping me out, you know, but I'll, I mean, you, you should tell them like, Hey, this is creepy. Like <clears throat> you I need to stop, get your shit together. And Cause the then you've communicated away. with them too. And if they decide to do that, then it's all on them, man. Well, no matter what, it's all on them. Let yeah. Let me just tell you, even if you don't say anything to them and you feel uncomfortable, it's never your fault. So. That was good, really, Eileen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why does it do that? It's fine. Wait, did you text her
0: only? Why
1: no, it the others. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my God, I
1: felt so left. She's so calm pissed
0: down. down. She's like, Jesus, she's stalking us. Okay. Um, Why are you so obsessed with me? My God. But I liked, I liked how all, all of ours like back. took a different take on it on the on yeah. the Hollywood. Because, wait, should devil. we worry? Huh? Um, should we worry these
2: murders like they have Catcher in the Rye? Um, I have a copy of Catcher. No. In the
1: Rye. That it's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. And I've never read it. I just have a copy
0: of it. Just be
1: wary well, of anybody with it in their no, back pocket. No, I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't trust Just don't carry it around, around with you. <laughs> that was fun. I like that one. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, actually, there is a—that's funny. There is a thing—a movie about JD Salinger and like his life and him writing *Catcher in the Rye* and how he had a stalker, a few mm-hmm. stalkers, and that's why he became a recluse, like in the woods. It's with what's that hot guy's name? The guy who played Beast in *X-Men* the new class oh, nicholas oh. holt nicholas holt Oh god he's an angel so cute um but he and he does a really great job acting in this too uh, i'll put it in the show notes i have and link heard it and it. Stuff. i just never watched it's a it's a really good movie it really really is i mean jd salinger ended up being like a dick to his family and stuff like that but he he just but he gave us freaking snapped man so those were good stories did you have fun eileen is she dead she fell asleep no i could oh my
2: god we're having trouble <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you technical fucking difficulties
1: you know. all right well thank you guys i hope gosh. you guys had as much fun as we did we have like i said a super cool season two coming up um it's all right if anybody knows right? i was posting some polaroids up on my story nobody noticed nobody noticed i know um but they were hints to subjects in season two so if you're paying attention you might know if you weren't then it's still gonna be a surprise
0: it's gonna be fun it's gonna be so fun i'm super excited for some of them and super nervous (laughs) i know (laughs) i know it's gonna be good i just hate that i
2: actually have to work now (laughs) (laughs) But I feel good that I'm not the only procrastinator. We've known about this episode for the last like two, three weeks, something like that. And all of us were working on it this morning.
0: Yeah, because this week was crazy. This week, well, I'm going like they said, I'm going to Florida. And so I've been crazy. Sure. Mercury
2: retrograde. Oh god. So me just being lazy and dying. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, but we did it. Season two has officially started, Woo! and thank you guys, yes, so much for sticking thank around, and still being like interactive with us. It's so fun to talk to you
0: guys. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we're a little cool. bit late to like commenting back and stuff. It's not because we don't love you. It's because literally we're probably like at work or something. Because yeah. we have other. I wish this was all that we were doing, and oh, we, I could get amazing. paid like the money that. I need to get paid to live in California.
1: <laughs> no, we'd have to move to like a ranch somewhere. Yeah. Um. So thank you, everybody, for listening, continuing to listen. Tell a friend um, if you know somebody that's into. Tr- you know what? I. What, Janine? I have Tell me. I'm so surprised by some people that have been listening to us and are like, you guys, like this episode was my favorite. And I'm like, I didn't even know you were into like true crime mm-hmm. stuff. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so that's been cool. But tell a friend if you know anybody that's interested in true crime, have them give us a listen. Um, if you haven't already, please give us a five star review on iTunes or on Stitcher. I think you can also give us—I a- think anywhere you listen yeah. has
0: probably like a rating thing. You can give us a rating, so leave wherever us a review.
1: we always post them on Instagram, whether they're good or bad, we don't care. Well, um, we um, we obviously love the good ones, but the bad ones we take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, so we I mean, really
0: don't care. I think it's funny that yeah people
1: grain of salt. I mean,
2: we fucking laugh. I laugh hysterically at that.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's I'm funny. like we're literally
2: three idiots in California just talking about murder, and you're like rating us as if we're fucking so Oscar winners or something like that. Like I give <laughs> like, zero shit. Having a good time,
0: yeah. We're just having. We're fun. having a great time. Sorry, you're not. <laughs> not. Not our problem. Like we get paid for this, or like, oh my god, we get bad reviews. We're gonna
2: lose out on so much. You don't want to no, listen. Don't. don't listen. I, I'm still gonna talk about murder.
1: No, you should still. You don't have to listen. Just download. Yeah. <laughs> Tell a friend. Um, make sure you follow us, True Crime Girls, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You didn't save that in front of any of those. I didn't. No, Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. I know, loser. Um, if you have anything you want to send us, you can send it to truecrimegirls at gmail.com. Uh, follow our individual Instagrams and we can all be friends. Um, it's Kylie TCG, uh, Eileen TCG, and Janine TCG. I forgot my name on Instagram. <laughs> Who am I? What am <laughs> I doing here? Um, so make sure to follow us everywhere.
0: Don't follow us home though.
1: Yeah, don't do that. Don't follow us home. Anything else, Eileen?
2: Um, no. I don't think so. Alright. All right, maybe next episode. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.